start yeah (laughs) (laughs) do you want to do you feel like you need some ambiance light oh maybe so if it's the high button you got to hold that high button here i'll come do it so it's kind of hard to is this a something for like a that'd be harder for an older fella i thought you said the top one was the one oh i feel like i'm like I'm baking in an infrared, you know, what are those heat lamps that are over the rotisserie chickens? <laughs> it's kind of what I feel like right now. <laughs> I mean, not the heat lamp, but the I chicken. Think that, I think that the, means it's proper um, proper interview ambiance. So a rotisserie chicken <laughs> that's been under the heat lamp since, you know, 4 p.m., and then now it's about the store's about to close. Yeah, we need we That's need Joe Holmes in here is essentially the the lesson. I'm <laughs> his nickname was indeed. <laughs> oh man. All right. We're situated. So we have video cameras. <laughs> we we do, which is weird cuz I haven't been in here when they're working yet. Yeah, we're still trying to figure some stuff out with it. Oh, wait, you got some liquid death. You got a can of liquid death. Yeah. Are you going to get a tattoo? (laughs) No, but I'll (laughs) applaud people that do. Yeah. (laughs) We need to get them to sponsor um, just the the gym in general. Okay. That's what I'm I'm working for. See if there'll be an official sponsor of the space program. Do you think they make like like larger receptacles? Could we just get a tank outside? (laughs) <laughs> and then a like a rubber hose or something that comes in and you just hose people down with liquid death. It's like a giant camelback, right? like instead of a with various attachments. <laughs> it's like switch it over for an anima if you needed to. I mean, episode number ninety three. If anybody wants to go back to the, I don't know if that's true, the right number or not. But I was going to say, man, you have but, an excellent memory. But camelback enema is one of the best right. titles. Um, of a podcast episode I do believe that has ever been recorded. This is pretty good, actually. Oh, my God. I forgot all about that episode. That was a gem that came out I mean, it was kind of funny to go back and listen to... Let's see, what did we listen to on the last drive down? Uh, episode number 24 oh, with yeah. Andy Doré and, yeah. uh, and uh, Brian Harder talking about you know the aging athlete injury. They had both blown their ACLs that winter oh, right. uh, yeah, skiing. Yeah. And... Then uh, uh, and then Ryan and I talked about hip replacement. So that would have been, you know, I think that was June or July of 2018. So I was four, a few months out, six months out, I guess, yeah. for my first hip replacement. Yeah. And so I re-listened to it, and it's so weird hearing it called the Dissect Podcast. Yeah, right. You know, we used to have a different name. Yeah, it is kind and, of funny, actually. And then we um, were able to um dissect D- disassociate from Dis- our fathers yes exactly there we go <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's necessary there's a lot of people out there that don't i mean i am not fond of my last name yeah i i would get rid of mostly because i think it's a it's a stepfather name so it's not my actual blood name 
Okay. As my grandfather, uh, my grandfather died on my dad's side when my dad was one in like a horse. He was like a cowboy and he owned a ranch and he was going after some escape thing. I, I mean, I'm sure this has been glorified, but he fell off his horse and died. So my dad was one and then stepdad was a Blevins. I mean, original name was Cox, which makes so much more sense. <laughs> I, I assume that's C-O-X. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to the <laughs> That would be amazing of... if it was the other way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I don't, I never associated with that name. I just like don't like the name. Yeah. And and so I don't use it very often. Like it's, it's rare that I call myself by my full name. Yeah. Except in emails hiring people. Uh, yeah. Or... <laughs> Or emails that will be reviewed by potential <laughs> landlords. Yeah. Landlords, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. Then, then I go pretty official. Yeah. Huh. I, I um, I just, I just received a text because you know sometimes it happens uh, from <laughs> from Sean Kingry, and he said I'm proofreading some of these sermons, mm. and I have made, and that's made me review a few grammar rules. Last night I learned about. Coordinating conjunctions. Okay. I don't know what that is. He said, that said, your command of grammar has been spot on. Rereading these words has been really good for me. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been reading through all of it, actually, <laughs> multiple times. And it is, so we have a book coming out that you've We penned. do. I'm. I've penned, Pen. typed, I've hate typed. Yeah, <laughs> that you've hate typed into a digital format yeah. called Poison, Sermons on Suffering. What, so you can explain it probably better than I can. Talk I, about it and then we'll get into like what the fuck it is. I sure wish I could. There's a point here that's redacted in print. That's cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I am holding in my hand a copy of this uh, brick. Yeah. I mean, it's not the final version. You know, we have to do so every now and then we print like I did with Refuge and mm -hmm. do some print on demand rough draft to mm -hmm. see, um, you know, OK, how is this layout going to look? What's it? What does a 456 page <laughs> book actually feel like in one's hand? I mean, could you throw it like a brick through a window mm -hmm. and make a statement of some kind? And I will assure you that this would break a fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, th I thought of a tagline for it. OK. I was like, I was like, it's like the, um, it's like the Atlas shrugged of workout books as in it's mostly bullshit, but useful, <laughs> but eventually useful. Like it's if, if useful. something might speak to you. Like if I just opened up to any page, um, like this one randomly, if my eyes were better, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> opening line. I never thought I would admit that friends and relationships are important. <laughs> I was not that guy. I was always the fuck you guy. <laughs> End of the first paragraph nice. of an essay uh, of essay number 71 out of 141. Nice. Um, which, is the to which is the total number of, of uh, essays or sermons that are in the book. And um, it's a collection uh, of essays written between, and I, I know it's gonna, this is going to sound dated, like why would anybody want something not current, you know, that's, that's, um, uh, uh, but written between 2011 mm -hmm. and uh, February 2016. There's a hundred and, like I said, 141 of them. 
Um, and they were all sort of about the uh, the more thoughtful nature of you know training to improve one's physical and you know psychological capacity. Yeah, and uh, they were the, the, all the essays were at one point behind available behind a, a paywall. Um, but that means like I don't know a couple thousand people have read them probably. Yeah, some most. of them have been leaked out <laughs> in the past and used for other things. But um, <laughs> I this, talked to plenty of people that have printed out all of them. They have their I, own version of Poison in a shitty binder word format. doc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I know that uh, Joe Holmes did that. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I figured there were others, but yeah. um, and and then so this is it's it's a little bit you know the, the there's a obviously an introduction and a foreword and mm-hmm. some closing chapters that are all new because you know when you write about the rise and fall of anything, um, <laughs> the fall is usually usually seen in the rearview mirror, not right. well documented in the time of its you know. A burning, melting, exploding, you know, however it fell. Or I mean, just like... That's really... It's kind of an interesting... Because I... Uh, to talk about the... Now to read through it is different. It's completely different, isn't it's it? It's almost like I'm not the same person reading it because I'm not the same person reading it, but also not from the same... Um, not from the same format. So to compare it, this is kind of... Uh, I feel like when really i don't know engaging television a long time ago came out you would read one or you'd watch one rather and then you would have to wait till the next week and the next week yeah and that's the format that these came out originally and even though i was with you at the time most times in the same city talking about the same ideas i would i would wake up monday morning reloading the site to see if it had been posted even though i I didn't know what you're writing, but I, I just wanted to like, okay, what is it this week? And it became this like, I don't know if other people did this. I've heard a couple other people kind of explain how they came about uh, behind the paywall, how they would like, oh man, it's Monday. I got to check this thing. It was like a ritual. It's kind of what you look forward to. And I don't, it was like kind of like my weekly dose of this isn't bullshit. This is going to be, this is going to be thoughtful. This is going to be provoking. And it's going to kind of like get my brain turning in a little di- different way. Even though I had access to you and we had great conversations besides these. And, some, and, and a lot of the, you know, the essays that are in here came resulted yeah. from those conversations or what we were sharing on a work or training or right. life level at, you know, at that time. But to get the word to get to the final product out was like it was like an, a, a small addiction to some point uh, <laughs> it, it was kind of like man I, I really needed it and i think there's a lot of people that needed it and what i'm really curious about is how that changes now that it's in this format with all things available at, at one's at fingertips once. without having to wait yeah it's the netflix of that because now i can just binge it but how i how i think about your writing this is this is kind of a criticism slash um, uh, co- compliment to some degrees. Like your writing, especially like during this time period, was so concise and to the point that um, all the ideas in it are are almost too hard to handle and too much. You can't. When me and Dalila were going through this and rereading and trying to pick out which ones we're going, we're going back yeah. and forth, which ones I thought were good, which ones are duplicates and which ones like fit this theme. What I noticed is I would read five of them and I was fried. 
Yeah. Like I like because of this style of writing is so dense and like each sentence means something. I'm more like a fill in fill in some space with some filigree kind of stuff. Like I want to make sure there's no blank left on yeah. the page. This is like being like, I want dinner and you drop a T-bone steak. And if you want more dinner, it's just another steak. You're like, <laughs> and so you can only handle so much steak. And that, that was actually profound to me to read through these the first time to be like, man, it's so intense. And I don't think I've ever read anything that intense. This is, um, so D Dalila has just gone through as, as Kingry mm -hmm. is, um, doing, and I think Joe is also doing, but Dalila went through and, you know, final proofread. Okay, mm -hmm. let's get all the typos because you know how there's always something. annoying. There's always something, and yeah. and after working on it for so long, being so it. familiar, I can't see yeah. you know the difference between R and area. Yeah. Like I didn't, I'd missed it, you know, and yeah. I even uh, <laughs> and you know, or or little things like that. Yeah. And she just said, "Holy shit, this is so fucking intense." Yeah. Like I'm totally cooked after you know, dedicating this number of hours to going through and trying to be very meticulous yeah. with it. Um, and for me to work on it, it was, you know, it's time travel. It's like, oh, yeah. I know, like if I, you know, look at this essay, let's just say, you know, persistence. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I went through here um, and read a couple of paragraphs, it would take me exactly back to yeah. that time and place which was also why it was really hard to revisit some of this stuff we talked about that in a symposium one time because so the the original was it two it was like two years and some months ago right that that the i i mean you kind of you always had the idea that this would eventually be something but i yeah. think we're at the point where we're like what should we do and you're like well i could i could put together those sermons and make a book out of it and you're like yeah. yeah that sounds a great idea super easy yeah it's the work's right. already done it'll <laughs> be mellow all of the writing is done it's gonna be like the easiest thing that we've ever done <laughs> <laughs> i hope we just continue saying shit like that and get it's the humbled. only way you get started on something is to believe it's, <laughs> it's gonna be easier than it than it actually is into and so you were i think just editing a hard like hard edits and and like clarifying some of the ones that you thought needed to be in there and i think at the time uh man it was right before the pandemic kicked off yeah and so keegan was here and to see you go into the room and come out and be in a space that was not this time at this point and to watch the energy shift with like how you perceive certain things it was like oh shit like this is a really interesting time machine yeah um, the, the, the weirdness of it, I can only compare it to an example that Berkey brought up during the last symposium, which I mean, floored me when he started talking about tracking techniques oh of God. how they use it as a time machine. Yeah. So like the sensitivity that you, um, that you learn about how somebody steps through sand, you do it so many times and see so many different variations of it that you can start to watch tracks and build a narrative out of it. And I think when you write something as detailed as this, it's another kind of sensitivity where although your idea is very clear and who re whoever reads it would get that idea out of it, to put that idea on paper, you had a sensitivity to something that maybe is unspoken. That's reading a lot into it, but maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, I think to... Ref 
try and pack as much like if i would think about it you know your sermon has to get you through the next six days yeah like it's got to have meaningful lessons that get that carry you through you know so if you were someone who was at you know attending a sort of religious type of gathering on a Sunday where you would normally hear a sermon if it was going to be something like that. Well, that's got to steal you mm-hmm. against the onslaught of all of the temptation. and Satan and is waiting. Satan is waiting, exactly. And if you can just like, you know, hold on to the ideas of that sermon and that'll get, get you all the way to Wednesday before Satan starts getting in and that's why people go out a lot on <laughs> Thursday night, um, you know, or whatever it is. Like, I... Uh, it was really important to me to pack as much into as little as possible. Yeah. And, um, and I look back at some of, some of them and I go, Oh, that one was pretty well crafted or that one is, um, well, it's the same one as the other one, but it's just better crafted in a way. Um, and some of these, I mean, the part, part of the thing about the, the, the book when you know when we were first talking about it between you and I and Dalila and Joe and every and uh, anybody who you know we had been batting this around I was like how do we organize it yeah you know and so it started out the first spreadsheet was like okay this one's you know uh, this one is inspiring this one is about <laughs> philosophy this one is an admonition this one is you know critical of a particular person but spoken in general terms this one is you know I don't remember we we're and then they're all just end up being philosophy and I was like we got to do it chronologically yeah because it's also the only way to put it together um, so that it kind of makes sense and if you're gonna do a rise and fall you got to do the rise before you can do the fall Right, and so you're not going to mix falling and rising, you know, yeah. up with each other, and and also, you know, the, the the tone, the things that were important to us changed over that time. Yeah, the things that the people that we were around, that we were working with, the jobs that we were doing, what we were exposed to, what we saw as needing criticism, what we saw as needing exploration, um, and you know, praise or you know, things like that. It just changed, and I think the activities yeah. we were doing, uh, you know, on our own, kind of changed as well. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fascinating journey. But you can also just pick it up anywhere, yeah, and read an essay. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like I could, I don't know how Dalila did it to just go through all of them in a really compressed you know, two or three day period. I mean, I can get four or five in and then I'm pretty smashed, but I've been skipping around reading them and and trying to like, also like kind of, is there any typos? What was the layout feel like? The layout feels best to me, I think, skipping around like randomly, but that's just mostly because it's different than how I read books. So it's like, oh, this is different. And so it can be a little bit, I don't know more entertaining and more random. It's like drawing a tarot card. You're like, which one am I going to get? Yeah. <clears throat> and how if is I that? just open it, it's, yeah. you know, okay. Whatever the closest Number thing 122, is. you know, whatever it, whatever it accidentally opened to and why not? Or I've already read comparison and I'm tired of comparison, but it does, you know, start <laughs> off with a P. Diddy quote. So, you know, how am I not going to, am I just going to like go beyond that? I have to stop here and check this out. I mean, does, does it feel, does it feel complete? <laughs> like does it feel like, like you when you close the book you're like thank god like this thing is 
coming to a close. Okay. I, if, if by complete, you mean I'm done with it, yeah. you know, kind of thing, then yes. Like, I, I feel like, okay, I can finally be done yeah. with it um, and close the chapter. But, but also, you know, part of the way of doing that was all, it was sort of, you know, writing my way out of it. Yeah. You know, like writing my way through in the in the sense of okay, what are the what are the additional sort of essays that are in it? You know, there's a there's a long sort of thing about the aftermath of you know my departure from that particular mm-hmm. organization, and you know the effect that had on a, a lot of things. And then there's the review of um, what we thought was the most important philosophical statement underlying yeah. the whole thing. And then realizing a decade later that that was completely wrong. Yeah. So there's an, you know, an essay going through, going through that and like, and, and then figuring out like, okay, why is it called what it's called? Mm-hmm. And I, I think these, those pieces combined, um, you know, with, the the introduction and the forward in the and, and the perspective of the forward um that's written by Berkey and then and that's important because you know he did attend July 2007 was the mm-hmm. first formal seven seminar of that organization and, and uh and he was there yeah and had had come there with an idea about <laughs> what things were and left with a different idea and then yeah. kind of got launched down a path and that that um I do feel like it's it's an appropriately weighty, yeah. you know, a, a monument. Like when things are, you know, when we bury people, mm-hmm. they, you know, obviously they get buried in the ground, I guess, and 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 there's some kind of a monument, and this is a monument to an era and an idea um, that I think is, I mean, it's pretty fucking valuable, yeah. um, and and will be useful for you know, a long time for a lot of different people. Um, and the value of this monument for me is like, okay, I can unanchor myself. Yeah. In a way. Well, the, the interesting, uh, I think because it, it kind of has cult classic, you know, tendencies to mm-hmm. it, uh, because it's, um, man, are we going to make the New York times bestseller list? P- probably not. Pretty sure. No. Um, especially for self publishing, and I think that has more to do with like a political thing, but also in the sense that. But also, I'm just like anybody who reads the New York Times doesn't. Well, I guess Joe does. But I don't think that <laughs> is. I was going to say that's not our reader. That that's a good. That's probably a good measurement for like um, I don't know notoriety and success to be a writer, but it doesn't mean that it's powerful. Oh yeah, right. There's like these. It just means that someone noticed it, right? There's these works of art, though, that like people kind of all acknowledge that do they have certain influence over certain industries. Um, you could talk about it, like in uh, like the Fountainhead. I mean, it had like such an influence as a as a piece of fiction writing on actual philosophy, which is kind yeah. of hard to. It's hard to actually comprehend how much influence such a weird book had on how how someone views the world but you start looking at you know libertarian ideals and stuff like that it's like it's completely structured by that and i think the thing that you did for all of those years was you were really like setting a really cult classic foundation for how people view uh exercise or like effort i would say is probably a better word for it 
because you can meet people that have they weren't into gym training or whatever uh but kiss or kill or some of the other writings or even the jim jones website um where they would find these originally that would influence massive amounts of their direction in their life and you're like i i don't it's it's really hard to understand how powerful they are because it's nobody is really talking about it because it's hard to talk about it's it's hard to understand but you, you somebody comes into a symposium and it gets mentioned about a sermon and they go oh yeah and everybody kind of knows who has been around for a while like yeah those that was my that was my monday thing and that that like carried me through a lot of weird places and so now that it's in this format i really have like i'm super curious to see how it affects people as am i <laughs> and i <laughs> and i think you know one of the things um that so we're going to do uh, obviously we did a the te- obviously whatever so we did a, sort of a test run with 17 sermons yeah. that didn't make the cut but were good enough to publish mm-hmm. um and uh, there will be another companion zine that you can only get with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll maybe talk about that later. But um, as I was writing the introduction to that, I realized that it it, it, kind of, it took me back to even the beginning of when there first was a um, a website around a gym, mm-hmm. um, and. To, and one of the things that I wrote in the introduction to that new zine is like the thing that was missing was any kind of discussion or about the thoughtfulness or the psycho, you know, the uh, um, the psychological implications and what you could maybe learn in a universal way from, you know, confronting self, you know, on you know, cons- consistently confronting self using hard physical effort. Yeah. Um, and, and what you could learn about yourself if you were sensitized to it, if you realized that the, that the barbell, the bike, your running shoes, da, 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 you know, all of those things were mirrors. Like if you looked at it in that way yeah. and you could assess yourself physically and be unsentimental about that, that uh, assessment, um, you could actually use those types of effort to, you know, cause and steer you know, psychological, not only physical change, but psychological sort yeah. of change and growth. And I wasn't reading anything like that. I could, <laughs> I'd never seen anything like that in the fitness space. And it's not that I that I started doing it because I thought no one had ever done it before and, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. It's just like, hey, this is mis- This is what I do is I fucking say shit about shit. Yeah. And I did it, in, <laughs> you know, with climbing and that kind of thing and got on whatever pedestal about fitness that I got on. And, uh, it, you know, a little bit town crier, but it seemed to uh, resonate with some folks. And it cert- and then it also it that also changed my experience of fitness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know to, to see it here, like all collected in one place. It's for me, it's a bit much. Yeah. Cause I can't, you know, I mean, that's why it took so fucking long to do is that it was, <laughs> it was, you know, like I'd wake up, I'd wake up, you know, in the morning at some point and be like, oh, I'm in, I'm back in Vancouver in the <laughs> fucking winter. Do I want to ruin my day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, a lot of these ideas, the interesting thing about how rare it is, I mean, it's still, it's normal to us because I think you started a, uh, you started a space that led to another space and that environment kind of 
um, it gave birth and nurtures the kind of thoughts that you're talking about surrounding effort and exercise and to like emphasize how, I, I mean, this is just cause we're in our bubble. It's yeah. really easy to be like, man, I had this epiphany. I was doing this thing and these are the thoughts that came out of it and to have immediately snap. Somebody's like, yeah, what are you talking about? Okay. I know what you're talking about. It's like, you're describing it good, cool. We can, you know, figure out this idea and hopefully you can write about it, take a picture about it, start to like, yeah, yeah, keep going is kind of the the thought process that goes there. And it's interesting because that is such a lacking, uh, it's such a lacking environment surrounding even sports or professional sports or competitive efforts or even, even like the weird thing that we did this weekend with the tactical games thing, like the lack of introspection is still shocking to me. And it's almost like I have to become a different person and pretend that I also don't notice things within an effort in order to participate in that yeah particular group effort because because the people are they're not thinking like that i i really want i mean there was an interesting uh engagement with that guy uh tate who's like immediately was like i kind of have a soft spot for him because he showed up a little bit out of shape but phenomenal i, I, mean, shooter. I started talking to him and he goes i haven't worked out in five years <laughs> and i'm like you know that half of this thing is fitness right it's not just the shooting it's the fitness and he goes oh yeah i've been informed <laughs> by the first three events um and to see uh, to see where I could see where his brain was going. I was like, oh yeah, like this is where he's at, like while he's in the middle of the effort. And because we do what we do, I kind of, yeah. you know, I can poke and prod and get somebody to really do something. But during as and he asked questions after, right? Yeah. Like he was like, what do you guys do? And we tried to explain, but we're terrible explaining. So he's even more confused than if we weren't there. But that's also sometimes helpful because confusion gets people to ask more questions. Yeah. Um, but you go into an area like that and I go like I use it for a certain thing, I guess. And some of it's fun and you got to keep moving and other it's just interesting. I want to learn a new skill, but most of it comes back down to the subject matter that's in most of these sermons is talking about this state. It's like a, it's a, it's a self-induced state of yeah. self-reflection and, um, self-criticism and inquiry and all of these things and how lacking it is even though how common efforts are and so last night this guy phenomenal athlete who lives here i've competed he can wipe the floor with me strength wise like he's a phenomenal athlete he's he's so strong and he's worked on a lot of his weaknesses he's he's really good so he was doing the open and he posted this big long thing about it and i his open time is phenomenal for what the workout was like 22.3 is a bunch of, it was like fran on steroids or something it was okay. like bar muscles and dumb shit like that whatever because again that doesn't really matter but he tried to articulate his thoughts because he did it once and then he thought he could do better so he's talking about his mindset going in and the reminders that he used and it was interesting because I was like, oh, cool. Someone's starting to think about this stuff. I, we're talking about like a fairly advanced athlete who's just barely starting to like turn the, the page on how important self-perception is. And his he had this uh, really interesting, so his wife, when he started to slow down, would just say one word, perception. So he would remind him to like come back to it it might feel bad, but it will feel worse if I don't go now. Like yes. this is the cue 
Um, and so he talked about it eloquently and, and really like, I was kind of like nodding along and he gets to the end and he ends it with like, you know, you got to do whatever you need to do. Lie to yourself to get this thing done. And I was like, man, like, I, I don't need to comment anything, but I was like, this is really great. I'm glad that this kind of stuff is happening. And that was awesome to watch the video. Can I just say that lying to yourself is, is what makes this, it, it's what makes you fail. When you lie to yourself, you know you're lying to yourself. Therefore, you don't trust yourself. Therefore, you can't ask more of yourself. Yeah. I was like, that's the, like, you know, just as a, like, clarification. And, you know, there was some, like, he was like, oh, thanks. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, you know, I just do this, like, you know, if I can fake it, I could, I can envision myself doing it. Even though if I know that I can't, then maybe I can. And I was like, yeah, I get it. One day you'll probably understand what I'm talking about. But this is how immature the conversation on effort is but we've been having i mean i've had with you for 12 years or something and you've been having it with your crew before that for 20 years and so this combined thing you're worth 30 plus years down the road and it's barely getting into mainstream and how most people approach it is like, yeah, fucking mindset. You got to do that shit. Quit being a little bitch. And you David Goggins your penis out or whatever. And like, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about like, yeah. you know, the whipping yourself to get yourself to do something. We're talking about fostering, um, fostering a conversation in your own head and then seeing where that drives your body or whatever the thing is. Um, in this book without being able to articulate what it is that that's kind of the five to six year period that these were written that that was kind of the precipice where a lot of the stuff was being figured out and we and 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 we were in a period of like we i think we had a pretty good handle on the ideas mm -hmm. um but we were figuring out how to try how to communicate them yeah. how to make them relevant so they don't go immediately into esoteric yeah. no man's land um <laughs> which is where we like to go <laughs> which is where we like to go but then it's also but and then thinking about that it's like oh that's unuseful for others because mm -hmm. they go no i just want to get jacked you know i don't want to think about this i just just tell me what to do you know and we're like um i don't know fuck off because, 60 like, minute a, jumping jack amramp yeah, and if you can, but only if you can find yourself a short sleeve one piece jumpsuit a la Jack LaLanne and you fill it out as well as he did, are you permitted to do 60 minutes of jumping jacks? You think goes first? Probably the calves go first. I, <laughs> yeah. Somebody please oh, do that oh and just God. tell us how it went. And what your score is, and we'll post it and. That. We'll give you a free book. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's it. You you post your score, maybe a video highlight, or how do you speed up the film? You do a time lapse of your sixty minute jumping jab amram. You got a you got a first edition poison book coming to you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Shit. That's a fucking nightmare. Um, I, I do think that that that's interesting. That there is a practical application to this stuff. Um, I also, I know maybe, the, and this is new terrain, is like, I think the esoteric side of it becomes practical if you go far enough. Oh, I, I don't disagree. It's yeah. just so hard to go far enough because by the time I think where, where 
like by the time you get to the understanding your body isn't responding the same yeah and you kind of have to start protecting certain things so but it, then it's I a think, game but i think ultimately there you that's when you become an endurance athlete you know it's, yeah. it's like oh what are the more you know the more thoughtful avenues or you know expressions of sport and effort mm -hmm. And th they're the ones that allow you enough time mm -hmm. to uh, engage in self-perception while doing the effort. Yeah. Where like the, the things that are over super fast, you know, you, you have to look at them, you know, referentially after the fact. Yeah. And therefore yeah. your perception, your perception of what just happened has already changed based on the, you know, the, 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 the chronological distance from it, mm -hmm. but also as you, you know, it's so intense that there isn't, you know, during it, that there is no you. And then you become you afterwards looking at not you in the rear view. And then the perception is different. And, and so that's why I think ultimately, you know, we end up as endurance athletes, a, because, you know, broken mm -hmm. B you understand, um, maybe what you're, chasing in, in in some sense and and oh i'm going to give myself time to actually do this thing and what is endurance well i think that 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 thing even though there was no workout longer than 12 minutes mm -hmm. right you know during that competition this weekend the, the the accumulation by sunday night yeah when whatever you your last event was you know you started at 5 a.m on saturday with the first yeah or whatever it was 6 a.m for the first brief is yeah. that right uh -huh. um and and safety meeting and blah 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 and then you know you your last event started at 6 15 on sunday yeah so it's it's like it and even though the 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 peak intensities during these no longer than 12 minute efforts was super high you had to you know, assess and yep. figure out like, oh, what what did I do wrong there? You know, how could I improve uh, on my uh, performance next time? Not just physically, but also psychologically. Was mm -hmm. I in the right state going in? Did, did I was I open enough to oh uh, finding all of the little sort of bits and moments where I could gain time and and talk with myself because there is a conversation always, you know, in a way that developed in that, that, that resulted in better performance. And that was one of the beautiful things that I thought, you know, I could see um, when you were coaching because the, the way the competition set up, you you basically time judge yeah. and can coach um, a competitor that is going right after you. You know, you mm -hmm. do your performance, you maybe drink some water, but mostly just gulp air um and then get back you know in the bay um and and help someone else through it and when and i could see where the it's okay to slow down self-talk was coming with him and yep. you would steer him away from that <laughs> and and i think and and that's you know again it's like years of doing it and understanding like oh this isn't just effort it's it's and, and the, the effort is is not limited by your bitch ass you know, body, right. you know, that's breaking down or whatever. It's always in the, you know, somewhere in the psycho spiritual yep. space. And all it takes is a little bit, like you said, maybe it's one word, maybe it's an idea 
to get someone from, you know, oh, stop circling the drain. Yes. Yeah, so, well, yeah, d- a distraction from your own self-defeat. Yeah. Right. And that, that we talk about that a lot in breath work, like just with breathe ups and holding your breath and apneas is like, if you just have somebody guide you through where your mind, it just takes your mind and gives it something to watch. Like a, you know, a thing, a cat with catnip or something. I'm just, just my voice and going through, you'll, you'll be able to hold your breath twice as long, just right off the bat, because the panic is dissipated because your mind's distracted. And when you are, you know, when the pain is high, the effort is high, all of this stuff is coming to an accumulation, your mind starts to kind of unwind, it starts to panic. So if you can just say something that takes somebody's their attention away from the panic and puts it back towards what they said that they wanted to do, it's just a, it's, it's a trick, but it's really the trick. Um, And then you said something really, because we obviously, obviously I think endurance athletes are tend to be if we were going to talk about possibilities tend to be a little bit more introspective well they have the opportunity to be so sure that doesn't make it so i will agree with you but the time thing is really interesting because you you do find like let's take take any sport map out the timeline the average timeline for somebody's ability within that timeline you can Mm -hmm. take stuff that's like you know um gymnastics that's you know men's gymnastics was a 26 is probably is you know maybe there's an outlier that's like 30 but i'm thinking like 26 is retirement status for most gymnasts for females it's like you know 22 or something yeah so these have like very short timelines so it's just just a matter it's just a matter of exposure uh, there's there's not enough exposure to get the detail out of it if you want to make like a photography analogy and the more exposure you can get to this thing, the more you can develop the mind-spirit connection to it. And that's what really makes somebody prolific. Like you look at somebody like Kelly Slater, who just won his, I don't know, fucking how many world championships. But it's up there as like the most winningest uh, okay. server ever. And that was at age 50 or something. He just turned 50. Is that right? I um, it was after his 50th know. birthday or something. So you're like, he's at the sharp edge of a very, a sport that favors athletic ability. It really does. Like yeah. you have to risk a lot to be able to do that, uh, to be able to ride waves and, and do what he does. But you're looking at like, man, the, why he can do it is not his body anymore, right? He can do it because he, he knows and understands it. Uh, his body's still doing it, but it's probably a feature of his mind and spiritual practice, which he is very much into. And so that that's interesting just from the perspective of you've got to be really careful with what you pick so that you have enough time to develop the the to mine the meaning out of the activity. Yeah. Like not just why do you want to do this? I wanna I wanna win. And you're well, no, but I wanna learn. Like, I want to learn about myself and I want to learn, like, this competition this last weekend was really interesting because I I was doing it as kind of like, can I still learn something? Mm. I know the fitness side of it. I don't know the gun side of it. And I was like, okay, that is going to be a big black hole. I don't know how much I don't know. And within the first, like, two months of training for it, I was like, man, it is a lot that I don't know. Like, there's a lot. But, okay, if I, what's important? Like, what are the things that I can take with me? And that way I'm not wasting my time on, like, what color selector switch I have for an AR. And, like, all the, like you know, you, there's obviously the, you know, what's the grip made out of? And 
man, there's some wormholes where you're like, well, that's a cool wormhole. So I'm going to go down it because my gun looks cool or, you know, but then you get into ballistics, which is very important. I go, oh man, uh, how much powder, what grain, like what, what primer type, like, fuck, I, I don't know feet per second. I don't know any of the shit. I don't know what it means when it hits a piece of paper. Does it matter? Yeah. And like, it does if your gun's not working. So it is important, but it seems like a big dark hole that I go, okay, that's important. It goes here, but it's important for maybe later, but I'm like, okay, mechanics, body position. Can I assess my own? Can I diagnose my own problems? That seems like the most important thing. Yes. And it, by the second event, it was like, okay, I think I chose wisely on what to focus on. I still have a lot of work to do, but at least I'm like, okay, I was in the right area. Yeah, I was thinking about it correctly. My concepts were correct. Uh, maybe there's just some things I didn't realize, but I can learn something. Now, how much time do I have to extrapolate that? Because shooting's a great example of it. It's very, it's very physical, but not as much as it is psychological. It's very psychological. Yeah. Um, it's like riding horses. You spook a horse. You spook yourself on like missing a shot. You fucked yourself for the rest of it. For the rest, of, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it it's you know interesting if you uh, the, the the relationship in the gym between you know okay performance and then negative self talk or mm -hmm. negative feedback and how it affects you mm -hmm. um, is I th I mean it's not dissimilar to to shooting but I think the um, the the negative feedback when shooting is far more has a far greater effect on future shooting yeah um at least within the immediate um than negative feedback in a physical effort mm. uh it just in the sense of yeah i'm gonna if i uh in the physical effort yes for sure if, it, if it's a timed event or a competitive kind of thing well i'm gonna slow down yeah i'm gonna become <laughs> you know but with it, it's I mean, shooting, especially with the targets in that particular competition, it's either or. Yeah. You know, you're on or you're, mi or it's a, it's a full miss and a yeah. full miss is 10 second time penalty. And so, you know, it doesn't take many of those. Right. I mean, and that was a like kind of trying to understand the scoring because I'm already thinking about like if <laughs> the tactical games are CrossFit, then mm -hmm. that leaves it wide open for an alternative version. Yeah. The, you know, the thinking person's version and the, you know, the, the way that it's set up right now, it's going to be largely driven by commerce mm -hmm. and that is going to ultimately um, steer it into a very narrow tunnel of expression about how the, yeah. how the events can be constructed, how many people can attend a thing and da 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 da. And, Which will limit the learning that is available. Oh, yeah. And that's why I'm saying it's like, mm -hmm. oh, that will uh, uh, stand up an alternate version um, that it, with that as the as the focus. But to to look at that scoring um, last night when we, I got back and found the, the thing and I was just realized like, oh, yeah, Tate hadn't worked out in five years. Yeah. He's dead. I, I knew I was out of shape. I didn't realize how badly out of shape I was. He had the fewest number of misses of anyone in the entire competition. Yeah. 190 shooters or whatever yeah. and uh he and i don't know i don't know what the total number of shots were i didn't tally them it's all close to 500 it's like four something i'm sure okay 480 and so the average you know that all the the guys who won whatever categories they were yeah. in generally had less than 100 misses yeah he had the the lowest number of misses of anyone in the competition okay i mean he was like two less than Kirk who won overall. Yeah. And you know, so I'm just like, okay, 
Tate is a, I mean, he is a master class Ipsic shooter back in the day. Uh-huh. Um, and then transitioned from that into three gun. Cause I spent a lot of time talking to him yeah. and I'm just like, dude, your background, you, <laughs> uh, clearly it. And he was just like, yeah, I didn't Oh, the aggregate. Yeah. I dropped, you know, I dropped two shots or what, you know, yeah. you're like everything he knew he could. And, and this is a beautiful thing about shooting. Ultimately, when you've done it enough is you call your shots mm-hmm. when the trigger is pressed, yep. you know, whether you hit or didn't. And so he had a really good handle on it and, uh, you know, uh, achieving the master category status, which is, you know, one, you know, grandmaster is the only yeah. higher category in, in, in Ipsic. And, and since that was all happening in the early 2000s, that's back when the, the power factor was higher, mm-hmm. which meant loads were heavier. You know, recoil management was a completely different game mm-hmm. um, than it is now. And so that means he's a super capable shooter with probably, you know, millions of rounds shot in yeah. his career. And, you know, at, at first I was like, ah, the scoring for this, you know, this this type of event where you're combining fitness with mm-hmm. shooting, I thought it was like, ah, it seems kind of bullshit. How do you, you know, obviously they've spent a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah. And for me to come up and have one exposure to it and then, you know, judge it harshly, um, you know, that's typical of human nature. nature. But, but then looking at it, I go, Oh, here was a guy who didn't, you know, have a really high level of fitness Mm -hmm. who could win, you know, his category, but also place, I think he was 12th overall. Oh yeah. Something like that. And, um, so it could place really highly based on the fact that he could shoot. shoot really well. I think the opposite is not true, true where the fit person, you know, someone who's super fit, but can't yeah. shoot, you just lose too much time on the shooting. Yeah. So I, I mean, and you'll it's a, never bridge it back with the fitness. Here. No, you, there, there's, there's no way, but that's also because of, uh, how the uh, events are mm-hmm. like how the fitness aspect of them has to be in order to get X number of competitors through X number of stages yeah. in two days. Yeah. Right. Like, so, um, it, you know, all sports mature over time mm-hmm. and this will be another one of those. I think, it, I mean, it, it seems really fascinating to me and I'm hashtag disappointed. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I wish this was around when I was yeah. doing both of these activities really, really yeah, well. Yeah, it would really like, oh, cool, it would have concentrated. Or it could just given me an avenue in which to think about it more clearly. Yeah. Cause, and that's the weird, I think. With- and then how to combine the um, sort of efficient physical movement, but also mm-hmm. with very precise um, uh, fine motor skill. Yeah type uh, and that's that okay so like using this event and pay, paying these people um to have an experience in order to like learn something myself yeah that's that's a weird thing i think a lot of people approach uh obviously fitness problems and 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 sports problems like uh, oh i want to win to prove myself and yeah that's yeah. that's for sure part of it like you yeah, that's a, a huge benefit is this um, self belief that comes from it. And I don't want to like deny that, like we're on some holier than thou thing. But that is a very like superficial, superficial uh, layer that like once you go past it, you're like, oh, th- this is not why I'm here. But it's also like you show, you know, somebody, I really want to win. And then you show up and you realize the level of people, mm-hmm. not only fitness wise, but shooting wise. And you're going, well, that was a bad uh, incentive. <laughs> you know, I, if I had gone into it wanting to learn, right. I would have taken more out of it. Yep. Um, 
than you know thinking that I was even anywhere in the running for yeah. some of this stuff. You know, it would and and interesting. I think this organization has a couple of different shooting type events. I think so. Yeah. Uh, they have like a long range one. The sniper challenge. I think or so. Whatever. Yeah, I wonder, and I wonder if this is the one. I, I've heard, heard about some other interesting, you know, yeah. shooting competitions that didn't exist, you know, back when I was doing it. Yeah. Uh, while I was there this weekend, you're around shooters, you talk mm-hmm. shooting. And uh, I was like, oh, this is kind of something old guys can do. Yeah. Except, <laughs> I well, mean, not that whole thing, you know, some of, some of the physical things that were in that yeah. uh, competition. Damn, fucking stout. That could be a problem. But I think in general that why why I was like, okay, I can do this was a I'm not gonna there's not a huge risk to injury. Yeah. And that that's like a good okay, now there's always a risk of some sort. Sure. But in CrossFit, there's like a guarantee yes. that you are going to degrade the system. Yeah. And so in preparing for it, not necessarily the competition, but to prepare for it and feel like you're prepared means you're you're gonna hurt yourself a little bit. Yeah. And not be in the best state. Um, at least for longevity wise. So I'm to the point where I'm like, man, I need to avoid certain things. Looking at all the move this is just grunt work most of the time. Yeah. Um, if you don't move well, you probably gotta be afraid of it. None of the loading was too much in fact i was kind of wishing it was a little bit heavier yeah uh, although you get into the elite category and you're like it's heavy like you know the, and the guys are big they're like big strong guys yeah um so th- there's like this you know interesting problem where like a cool fitness is in there i definitely have to have an engine yeah. i have to be able to move well and appropriately and i have to be able to do longer things and recover in between events so fitness is a problem into it but it's not going to be it's not going to be something that i have to like peak for the other aspect that I, and we talked about mm-hmm. it sort of briefly is, and, and it's, and this, you know, relates also to the space program mm-hmm. is that, you know, we are creative people. We come up with ideas and I'm, and I'm just looking at, you know, all of the fitness challenges mm-hmm. that were presented and all of the shooting challenges that were presented. And I'm like, man, they're not thinking they're It's not a mature enough sport where they're looking at tricking people Yes, where they're like trying to get people to behave in a certain way. And then, you know, and then fish hook, yeah. um, and, 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 and present them with something that is the exact opposite of what just happened. Mm-hmm. It's something that we've been really good at in fitness. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, I can think of because of having, you know, shot competitively enough mm-hmm. to be able to think creatively about it. Um, and I say enough, and that's in air quotes, whatever. Um, but it would be really fascinating to do some of, you know, because if you say, hey, you move into the elite category, those are big guys. The weights are yep. big and heavy. I'm like, yeah, that's one aspect of, you know, right. of, of fitness, of physical capability. There are others. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, um, and, okay, so how do you, um, you know, balance these things out. How does, how do you, you know, get, trick someone into, you know, getting big and big and strong in order for this particular event and then make that every now and then count against them in a way that is not only eye opening, right. but, but also, you know, cost some points. Yeah. Um, and there was one of the, one kid there, one guy, kid, whatever, um, who, when it came to the sandbag over the bar thing, not the, not the, the floater, uh-huh. but, um, the, the, I can't remember what stage it was. 
Um, but yeah, they moved the sandbag over the slightly yeah. higher than waist high yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And the sandbag was 150 pounds. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And this kid probably weighed 140. Yeah. I'm like, oh, potty, potty man, sandbag. sad clown. That's a, <laughs> that particular thing. But I'm talking, you know, he probably slayed the one mile run. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. You know, or, or something. And to, to develop a competition where it's, uh, you know, you're rewarded for certain things and then the things you're rewarded for also penalize you uh, yeah. for, you know, in other ways. Um, it's something that, you know, as creative individuals, we could be really good at putting together. Uh, that's the first thing I noticed was like, man, I, I have some, in you know, humbly, like, I don't know shooting that well, but I could immediately put things together that would make it more interesting problem for shooters even. Yeah. You know, because it it's all pretty precision-y stuff. They kind of yeah. have to gear it that way. But it would be interesting, like you're saying, to like drive up the speed and then change it. Yeah. You know, drive it one way and then change it. And I think a lot of their stuff is very like, A, our time is the our time is the biggest definition yeah because we need so many events for so many people therefore there's no two hour thing right oh, because yeah. there's too many heats or something or maybe they'll figure it there's ways to do it um like like regional events and crossfit has figured out how to do long events but right now they're they're more or less branding and consumerism as opposed to um making a sport that really like allows discovery of problems where self is limiting yeah and that that maybe we would be bad at it because we wouldn't take into consideration making it a successful event. It would be <laughs> something else. But I, I think, man, it, it would be fun to put something together that really taxes these two things. Because, yeah, the physical part, that, that needs to be proven. You need yeah. to show up and be able to move correctly. And it's shocking what simple movements people can't figure out. Yeah. Like how inefficient they are because they've never used their body efficiently. And maybe, maybe a lot of that's genetic, but most of it is just exposure. But some of it, I mean, watching you um, and Aaron figure out like, oh, how am I going to do this particular fitness thing? Well, you've got years of competition yeah. and figuring out how to do stuff under your belt. So mm -hmm. it came pretty quickly to figure yeah. out like, oh, I'm, I do, you know, I do this. This is the question I ask. Hey, mm -hmm. can I take the rifle off to deal yeah. with the sandbag? And they're like, yeah, ground it facing in a safe direction. You yeah. know, yeah, take it off so that you're not fucking dealing with it. And, yeah. and uh, you know, some of the, uh, I think the other one where that might have been useful to remove that was the, the rope pole one. Yeah, and they um, wouldn't let you. And uh, on that one, they wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't let you ground your rifle. So I asked yeah. because I was like, yeah. first of all, I didn't want to bang rocks out of my barrel. But yeah, exactly. And that's what I had to do. Because if it's slung, you know, <laughs> muzzle down, you know, you're just digging in the sand with it each time you lean back and pull I, on the rope. I would go like over that. to shoot and I would like tip the gun down and hit it and rocks would come out of it. And I was like, I hope it doesn't blow up in my face. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I hope I didn't get like a large rock in there because that would suck. Yeah. But it's kind of... The only other, well, my setup didn't allow for another option. So one of the yeah. notes that I was like, I need a barrel up option and a barrel down option, and right. they need to be able to like have settings on the sling so I can do both. Yes, and magnet on the back of the plate carrier so I can do both, and they yeah. can't interact with each other. It was like mental note. Okay, there is a reason to have barrel up. It sucks. It's not my favorite thing. Yeah, um, but it's kind of a it's a weird. I'm so glad I spent so much time on equipment. Because I didn't ever mess with it. Yeah. 
like and and it and it didn't seem like you know and watching you move yeah. through I'm like oh everything's staying in the position where it should stay and yeah I'd want my uh, my pistol to be holstered in a slightly different way yeah. for those one arm carries farmer carry yeah, yeah for yeah. the farmer carry like that I'd just like oh man if I, I, all I had to do was take off my belt and move it yeah uh, and so the thought in my head was like that's gonna take thirty seconds that's one round. Right, right. So I, in my head, I go, okay, yeah. that, or that's the that's the five bar, burpee over bar, or whatever it is. I'm yeah. like, I can't afford to lose that, so I'm gonna just damage my left side. Yeah, which, <laughs> or <laughs> and it felt it like, man, I, my left side was tweaked awkwardly because I didn't even amount. Yeah, and you're like, that is such a weird thing to like to acknowledge. I'm gonna mess myself up right now because I can't have like I'm making a I'm making a concession here. My right. body's gonna take the brunt of this pressure because I can't afford to lose you time. You could have gained those thirty seconds with three fewer misses. True. Yeah. For sure. I mean like yeah, the, for sure. like where do you where do yeah. you put the emphasis? And obviously, you know, Lee yeah. the, the the guys who everybody who was in sort of the top three yep. had you know uh fewer misses yeah you know like they there were they were not yeah, yeah. insignificant i mean that's a you know 10 seconds for a miss is yeah Ooh. it's yeah. it's steep and sometimes it doesn't matter so much yeah uh and sometimes it's way more important uh the weird the, the the interesting thing about with that like getting in the rhythm of shooting it was like man once you find your rhythm it's unstoppable yeah but you have to be able to stop when it's not not when, you, when, gonna, when when the rhythm is wrong and yeah. when i can't call the shot like i couldn't identify uh it was too far away yeah. to see if i was hitting or not when you're on paper and you can't even see the outline of the target yeah i just have a, an idea of my head of what the target looks like and then thinking i knowing what the bullet is doing and so yeah. i'm thinking i know how it's reacting i had the most consistent misses i've ever had in my entire life <laughs> it's like when you were thinking you knew what was happening yeah. but you had no feedback but i had for no it. feedback for yeah. it and so you're like oh that cost me more than and that's that's what kept me off the podium was that one event that one yeah. that one rifle event is what kept me out of contention for the podium just yeah. barely and in which case like Man, I knew when it was happening. And that wasn't was and that wasn't the the one with the two hundred yard shots. No. That was close. That was like it was a hundred and something. Maybe a hundred one yeah. one twenty five or whatever something it was like that, where yeah. you had the two circles yep. on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh no, this was a tri uh, it was one triangle. Okay. And the triangle is in such a way that um I was I was it was a user error. I was imagining the bullet doing something in between the flight between fifty and two hundred. Yeah. But it was it was flipped for my brain so i was aiming up to just for that flight yeah uh, i was imagining it if dropping and it was raising and it was still raising it was still raising yeah. because the distance was not right yeah and for some reason i just thought about it incorrectly and i was like okay this is what it's doing so i'm mapping in my head pulling this trigger thing and it's also i mean it kind of brings it back to um what why why these writings are so interesting is because it encapsulates this idea, what is going on inside the brain when effort is necessary and corrections need to be made? Do you have the space physically to make corrections? And like, it's, it's just or a weird Or are you thing. so up against it yeah. that there is no space, there is no extra margin for self-perception in that's the what I That's what I thought about after I was like, man, I thought I could have gone so much harder on the physical, but 
maybe that's why I got it wrong in my brain. I went too hard. Yeah. Like I didn't give myself enough space to think correctly. And that's why you were seeing like one of those stages. I remember it was like 64 rounds total. And I was listening to one of the ROs Mm -hmm. talking with somebody else. And I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Uh, He had 57 misses and that dude had 59. And I'm like, ooh, they went way too hard physically in order to manage the precision that was required. And you're just like 590 seconds of penalties? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like, ouch. There's no way to... like can't run 10 minutes faster or whatever it ends up being. Yeah. What is it, 305 minutes? So yeah, it's almost 10 minutes difference. Um, In that, yeah, that's a... I guess that's what makes it a really interesting problem because it's highly cognitive. Yes. Uh, and, and that's what a more, any sport can be highly cognitive, I think, until it's not, until it's like jujitsu and then it's highly just uh, intuitive. Okay. Uh, but it's it's probably intellectual up front to some degree and then it switches over. Yeah. Or maybe jujitsu never does and that's why I'm not good at it. But they, <laughs> for, for whatever reason, uh, we talked about... I was I, thinking absolutely correctly. That's me tapping. I, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we I talked about this. Actually, when Ben was here, I was talking about... We we're having a good... He's mapping his jujitsu game. And so we're rolling and talking about kind of what we're conceptually thinking about it. And we both landed on this really funny thing about like, if you're if you're thinking about jujitsu while you're actually doing it, you're not doing it. Yeah. Like they, they're... And I laughed when I was shooting because I was thinking about shooting. And I was like, this is what lets me know that I'm not that good at it. The other thing, he and I talked about it a little bit too. And the other thing, um, uh, he said, yeah, one of the, one of the, because I'd, I'd said, I mean, there's this tendency, which is really interesting to, mm-hmm. to, to me, especially when shooting. And I can, and if I'm hearing someone shooting and I, you know, I hear the, bang and then ding and a bang immediately i'm like they got positive feedback and thought they were still on yeah like like it it, it's and and so i was just thinking oh that's just you know you're just being greedy you're just trying to get like oh since i'm on (laughs) since i'm on and i got positive feedback i can go again i can go again right away when like all kinds of shit has changed since um, oh yeah! Since the crack happened before the ding, <laughs> like in between the crack, the ding, and thinking you can go again, or or automatically reacting to going again, um, or thinking that you saw the same sight picture that you saw when it was good, yeah. Like all of a sudden, it's being greedy. And he and, and Ben had said that he goes, "Oh, that's one of this one of my watch things in in my mapping of my jujitsu right now is don't be greedy, yeah. Because if you get greedy, that's when you get got, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. trying to take too much too soon, yeah." Yeah, or or you you miss I you, you think the positive feedback is a green light to get more. Yeah, when it was the positive feedback is to simply positive reinforcement for what you just did. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, the and past. Everything is fucking changed as soon as you think that thought. I th- that's interesting. Um, that the deli- like the time dilation that happens under uh, and it would be originally archery or trajectory sports of any kind mm-hmm. where you get this time dilation. Yeah, where where the influence of you know my input is really important until it's not. And this this whole Zen philosophy about shooting an arrow in the path and how yeah you it's almost like in the moment when it's happening. It's too late. Oh yeah, right. Like 
all of this stuff has to have occurred. So it is a past problem. Yes. That has a present resolution and a future outcome. But you you're you're living in this it's it's just a weird philosophical But, but that's that's Olympic lifting too, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. Like, Same thing, yeah. You know, uh there's a there's a tiny bit of light underneath the plates yeah, yeah. as they leave the floor, it's over. Yeah. Like it, it it has to have been done in order for it to be. Yeah. And and that's why you train, that's why you practice. Is like I put in all of this time to try to feel, know, understand and then when I apply it, I will know if I did it correct, if I trained correctly. Yeah. And a lot of the time it was like when I could, boom, I know I hit it. And if I get back on the trigger and I pull the slack and I'm like, I have really good sensitivity. I'm like, I'm doing it right. I'm doing it. And then I yeah. miss and I go, yeah, don't celebrate yet. <laughs> yeah. It like immediately pulls you out. Exactly. Yeah. There's a, um, I can't write, I think it's a, uh, <laughs> a song by The Fall. Um might be off the, I can't remember the name of the record, but it, it, it's one of the one offs. It has gentlemen's agreement on it. And that. anyway, it starts off uh, uh, with a, with a discussion of like the same again, sir, how can you have the same again? <laughs> and it's, and, and that is exactly the, the, the issue here is like, mm. I can't do the same, even though that was a 15th of a second mm. ago only it's, it's a, myself and my it's a different river it's a yes exactly <laughs> and and that's why thinking about this shit yeah is important yeah and it's not just that it's it's the it's present training it's being present while training it's mindfully it's you know um doing the action but then also later reviewing yeah in a in a in a way that uh and thinking about it in off moments or in n in different psychological, but also physical locations to, to sort of review these things yeah. and think of them and feel them. Um, anyway. Yeah. Crazy. That was super cool to watch. I mean, the, uh, that competition, especially the knowing, you know, okay. Yeah. You, you have shot in the past a little bit. Yeah. Uh, to suddenly turn on and have there be, you know, a sense of consequence, uh -huh. you know, riding on that. And then the diligence in the, the, the training. Um, and then also Aaron, who'd never really shot yeah. before at all. And then at the same kind of time, like, it's like, yeah, you started working on this idea two months ago, two and a half months yeah. ago or whatever, um, to be able to, you know, and then like rubber hits road, we'll just go actually see if we know. Yeah. And we learned some stuff in yeah. the process and, and yeah, you gotta, uh, you gotta have some motherfucking courage sometimes to do new shit. Yeah, I think so. I, and and also, yeah, I just think it's, it was cool to watch her and also watch her try to understand what she was doing wrong. Yeah, and see like what's the thing that I can do now? So like, I can't correct mistakes that I didn't that I was unaware of like yeah. for two months that I needed to be aware of, but now what can I do? And a lot of it had to do with, I, I think hers, even though, you know, I, th I think they pushed her up to seventh in the end, her team okay. up to seventh and they're the only female team in yeah. the team category. So they give them all the male weights. It was like a significantly different competition for them. Yes. Um, but I think that being said, even though she did fairly well, her problem wasn't even hitting the target most of the time. Her problem was gun manipulation. 
yes. in understanding that something was wrong with it. Because I could watch her manipulate it and go, uh-uh, something's wrong. Like it's out of battery or it's like one of these yeah. deals. You could almost sense it. You know, it's just like, no, you were too dainty with that. And this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And you yeah. can't say anything. Slam it into battery with the palm of your hand. I mean, yeah. like, which, whatever the, that last stage that oh, you yeah. did where you just like, I'm just going to throw my gun in the moon dust now and it's going <laughs> to not run. And like, oh my God. It's the worst. <laughs> but, but to <laughs> understand that something, okay, I picked up the gun out of the dirt. I'm acknowledging something is wrong with this tool. Yes. Right? It's not going to run the same. And I need to be aware of that because I can't afford to miss. Yeah. And before, like if you're on a range, like I think if you're in a, a quote unquote tactical situation, it's tap and rack, tap and rack until you get to a live round. Yeah. And this, you can't do that. Yeah. Because it's a limited number of rounds loaded yeah. into the magazine. I need all of them. So yeah. I pull back slightly and jam it back into battery and just hope that I can squeeze the trigger. Yeah. Oh, that works. So I just continue to do that because I know that works, even though it's costing me valuable time. But yeah. it's not costing you the miss that would happen if yeah. you ejected that round into the dirt. Yeah. I mean, but then you could also, you know, pick that back up out of the dirt, manually somebody, feed it. <laughs> somebody said this much. It's like, oh, I'd pick them back up and just put it back in the chamber. Yeah. Like, that's not a bad idea. If you could think. If but you, you could think. Need, if you need the space to do it. Yeah. You um, need to not be, like you said, or like we said, up against your physical yeah. l- limit to have some more. And so I think it's a, like it's a, somebody said, well, what's that competition about? I was like, well, think of it like an urban biathlon. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, well, a gym. You know, yeah. all the physical effort is gym stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not Nordic skiing stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, and then you got to, you know, have some shooting problems to solve. I actually like the urban biathlon. <laughs> <laughs> Just need a few stages where there's liquor stores and, you know, other places where that one might be required to do some shooting. That's actually urban pretty funny. I think that's an appropriate description of that event, <laughs> urban biathlon. Because it is, it's obviously, uh, it's concocted in a very like unrealistic way, but also doesn't mean it can't be fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, all games are games, all games are games. And if you, and if you're just like, Oh, you know, I used to be, get pissed off about, you know, climbing combat, indoor climbing competitions. Cause they weren't like, there's no loose rock. There's no, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. this or that, you know, it's just not, it's a bastardization of the real thing. And you're yeah. like, that's ah, a fucking game. Okay. Right. Get over it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> get, yeah. Get, and, yeah, and it's and it is different, and it's um, and, and talking with Ben a little bit about it. He's like, ah, I'm still too close to my actual yeah. work yeah. relationship with these tools. Yeah, and that's a that's a thing. Yeah, you know, and so it'd be a while before he could, for sure, you know, disassociate enough to to treat it as a game and then to participate in the game. Yeah, without um, you know, practical viewpoint judgment yeah that's actually pretty interesting looking at things of which you you understand that there's not much for you to learn that way because you learned it another way yeah and if you could reinvent yourself sure like you can learn anything but um to acknowledge to be very aware like man that's just not the best avenue for me to learn something and i think like accepting at some point that bike racing was no longer my teacher yeah and having to let go of a lot of well investment in equipment investment in time investment in friends and associations that yes. are linked to that and to just acknowledge that, like yeah th- this is i'm not going to that school anymore and so i don't have the same friends and the teachers are different and it, you can't stay in that school forever because you're not learning yeah 
uh, and to, to switch gears and, and to be like, you know, if I went back you, to You can't endurance. stay in that school forever if you want to keep learning. Right. Yeah. 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 And if I, if I recognize that, then, then it makes changing a lot easier. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Not really. Cause you're losing friends. Like, man, I don't talk to the same people that I talked to when I associated with CrossFit or weightlifting or whatever. And it's just like the everyday things change and, and, and it's only because I switched schools. It's like moving out of a neighborhood. You don't talk to those neighbors anymore, even though you're, you know, you like them or whatever. Yeah. Maybe you don't. It's just uh, the whole thing is fascinating. Uh, but I think a lot of people get stuck in their school and they don't learn anymore because they're stuck in the same school. And it's not offering the same kind of lesson. So to identify that, look, I need some separation before I can come back to that tool. Yeah. It is remarkable because it's an awareness that most people are lacking. Um, and I, I would say like, man, I, I, I was unaware that all of this was going on. You know, it's looking at it past the fact, which is a lot of what actually that uh, book represents, at least for when I read it and what it means to me is like, man, the lessons that it was imparting on the time are so different than they are now. Yeah. Um, and it's cool to look at it because that goes with any school. Yes. Right? Like that, that is the fascinating part. It's like, this is so generally applicable to, it doesn't. It doesn't have to pertain to sport. It doesn't. It, but it does pertain to human effort. And it's like the only people that probably shouldn't read this are people who don't try. Yeah, I mean, I was actually when you were talking there, I'm like thinking about okay, how many of these essays are strictly limited to the to the work and the time and the mm -hmm. location of the you know when they were written, and I'll say maybe there's only ten percent, and the rest yeah. of them are you know, have something in them, which is universally applicable yeah. regardless of the sport or, and it doesn't even have to be sport. It's activity and it's thinking and it's, yeah. um, it's being human. When will it be available? Well, <laughs> we believe, um, you know, it's since the world is different these days mm -hmm. and some things that used to be, you know, we just call up Paragon and say, Andy, we want to print something. He's like, all right, bring me the file. Yeah. Then we go over and we'd print it and, you know, and that would take us you know, however long it took. But right now with this particular um, book, uh, Man, we had some supply chain issues with paper. So currently, we are um, on the. Oh, I mean, and think about it. Uh, it's a 456 page book, and we're going to print 2,000 of them. So we need some paper. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, so we're currently, we are on the, uh, with this particular mill, on the April allotment, which yeah. means we should be able to print it in April. And as soon as we get uh, a. Um, a, a confirmed date then three weeks ahead of that date we'll start a pre-sale I Dude, think how fucking crazy is that you're gonna print almost a million pages yeah that's <laughs> fucking insane <laughs> wow that's nuts yeah I mean with all the mess ups probably easily a million yeah, or maybe, whatever they yeah. do to print it but but this will be because there's not images this is all text mm -hmm. um, the the setup on the you know to run it's it on, the, on go, the, yeah. the offset because it's not you're not trying to dial in different values yeah. for different photographs on a page or yeah, whatever right, right. Um, so, so it's like the black is the black the you know the, the, the print is the print and it should just go I wouldn't think there's as many you know Proofing things where it's... like 
during uh, one of the signatures for refuge, I think we had to, to we went from uh, very, you know, pages that had a ton of black ink on them mm-hmm. to pages that had a ton of white, white space. Yeah. And I think we had to run 800 sheets through the printer to clean all of the excess black ink off the, off the drums. Yeah. Um, to, in order to print the next signature, which was, you know, largely uh, blank and white white space. So that that's not that won't happen with this. But um, and then we should be able to print the companion piece zine um, at the same time. Like yep. that that papers uh, that we use because there are photographs in that um, that paper that we use in the method for printing. Uh, is more available, and we so we yeah. should be able to offer them both at the same time. And I'll just say, hey, this should be out. April. I want to. I would the, the end of April. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll say we could probably we could probably pre-sale by April. Once we have a definite yeah. date, a uh, completion date, then we can pre-sale. So yeah. we'll say end of April sales will go on. Yeah, and it'd be and we're not sending anything out. Um, all of the you know the, the binding and that sort of thing is will be done here as well it's not going away like a hardback would and uh it's a brick yeah it's a brick <laughs> throw it through a window nice maybe your own <laughs> <laughs> on that note <laughs>